Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the sex rap. Hey everybody and welcome back to this X-Rap. You're here today with Spring and Andrew answering your questions about sex and sexual health and relationships. We love to hear from you. You should definitely check out our Instagram, but I want to check out Spring. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. I want to check out you. How are you doing? <laughs> having a weird day um, and my mouth words aren't going good and I can't talk right, um, but it's going to be a fun episode. And- <laughs> It's a, it's a, we're recording on a different day at a different time. My life felt discombobulated this week, but everything is okay. It's beautiful. It's sunny. It's nice. It's warm. It's spring. It's spring. It is. It's a little rainy and not so great here, but it is spring. And, you know, this is my favorite time of the year, obviously, because all emails and all um, shopping places and all like, restaurants like everybody is welcoming me or the season whatever and um, it is a fun time of year for me <laughs> all shopping places i'm not the only one whose brain is struggling well, to come up with you know words. you know what i mean it's not just stores. it's not just stores it's stores it's websites it's like anything that's any company that's selling mm. something to you is using the fact that it's spring to sell so it is You're- your name has been commodified and is being used to make corporate profit. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And oh. I see my name on everything and I get excited. <laughs> uh, okay. Last night I saw my name on Little Debbie Cakes and got excited. There's spring Little Debbie Cakes, which I don't eat, but I like that my name's all over them and flowers and it looks cute. I remember when I when I was a little kid, I, I always wanted a little Debbie cake, and then I finally got them, and I was like, "Oh, that's okay." And then much later in college, I tried them again, and I'm like, "Ugh, how did uh, anyone eats these? They taste like like chemicals and plastic and fake chocolate." Yeah, and pink. Well, I mean, I don't know if I ever had a pink one, but. Um, <laughs> uh, well, everybody, we we both hope that you're having a lovely spring, um, and. That, like I'm gonna segue into the question. Um, today we have it's not a, it's not even really a question. It's a situation that someone's asking for our help with, um, and there's a lot of details in the question. But um, it comes from a, a, a young man, and he says, "My girlfriend has a stealthing fantasy and wants me to stealth her. I am very uncomfortable and don't know what to do or to say to her. Help!" So help is the question. Um, wow. So I, I, I'm glad that we got this question because stealthing is a really important topic. Um, but I think before we get to the question, we have a lot of ground to cover in terms of like talking about what it is and the problems with it and then how to prevent it and then dig into like, how do you actually answer this sort of question? Um, so Spring, what is stealthing? So I think, um, yeah, I think this is an important thing to answer because I think a lot of people might not even actually know what stealthing is. Um, and so stealthing is when, um, two individuals are having some type of penetrative sex and they're using a condom and the person that has the condom on at some point secretly takes it off without telling the other partner and continues to penetrate them without a condom. And so it's called stealthing because they are secretly or stealthily removing the condom 
And the problem with this is that it is done without consent, right? So the other person does not know that it has happened. So it's a non-consensual behavior, which is a form of sexual assault, which is a form of rape. So this is a non-consensual behavior. Um, and so what this issue is that we're dealing with here when someone is saying their partner wants them to do it, they're saying like, I have a fantasy about, you know, something non-consensual happening, but I want it to happen consensually. And so, you know, this is like, there's a whole realm of behaviors. You know, people have a lot of rape fantasies. People have a lot of different types of sexual assault fantasies that they want to play out consensually with partners. And um, that's very common and it's not it's not problematic to have those. Um, but working through that with a partner and talking about, you know, why and what and how is, yeah, really a, a lot to dig into. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So uh, when we look at stealthing overall, right, and I want to like back it up, I don't want to talk about that fantasy until we really cover why stealthing is so problematic, because when it comes up, people don't really necessarily see like you said, it's a kind of rape, right? It is definitely a kind of sexual assault. Um, and that's because when you are having sex with a person, right, a partner, a hookup, whomever, um, you've consented to have a specific kind of sex. And if you're using condoms during sex, you've consented to sex with a condom. And if someone takes it off, it means that you're engaging in a kind of sex where there's no longer consent, right? And sex without consent isn't sex at all. Sex without consent is it is rape, right? So you either have sex or rape and there's nothing in between, which is why it's really important for us to talk about it. And we know that stealthing comes with a lot of risks for survivors of stealthing. And I think it would be a good place for us to start to talk about like the big problems with stealthing. Um, and Overall, when we look at selfing, like for me, the first thing that pops to mind are all of the different kinds of physical risks that you, the, uh, that someone is uh, put in that, that, that can happen to somebody. I'm getting all like wrapped up in my head, even thinking about it. Um, and by physical risks, I mean, um, it can expose somebody to sexually transmitted infections. Um, if you're uh, having a penis in a vagina, uh, it can, it can cause an unwanted pregnancy. Um, and when we talk about all of these different kinds of physical risks that happen, um, sometimes the stealthing, the stealthing, the other person doesn't even know that it happens, right? Like it might not be revealed to the other person. Um, so we really have to think about the kind of risks that someone is being exposed to and then the appropriate medical care that has to go with it, right? So with these physical risks, um, if you've been stealthed, uh, it's necessary for you to go seek out a doctor and get different tests for STIs or STDs. Um, you might want to get some um, post-exposure prophylaxis uh, to prevent something like HIV. Um, and then if you're concerned about pregnancy, if you're not on another form of birth control other than condoms, you should definitely make sure that you get um, emergency contraception, something like Plan B or Ella at a pharmacy when it's available. Um, but there are all of those physical risks um, that can happen to somebody. But that's just the start, right? There's a lot of other issues that can happen when somebody has been stealth that we should talk about. I mean, I would... I feel like I would never be able to trust someone. I mean, that, you know, and that's a, that's a very common response, you know, is of like some type of PTSD from being through some type of traumatic experience like that. And, um, and yeah, so like the emotional harm that it causes, and then, you know, you feel really betrayed, you feel really violated, but then like that impacts, you know, your ability to trust other partners, it impacts your ability to um, communicate about boundaries and to like, to trust people when they, you know, say that they're going to do something or 
um, say that they're going to respect your boundaries. Um, and it's, it will really, you know, be a difficult thing for a lot of people to move past and like, we'll definitely recommend some therapy to support that process for someone who's been through that. And um, yeah, it could be really difficult to engage in intimacy, you know, across a variety of levels with somebody new, or, or even, you know, with a partner you already know, it's, it can, so it can impact so much. And um, so when we talk about this, um, as, as an act first, as something that exists in our world, yeah, we want to say this is um, a real form of sexual assault and deserves um, all of that uh, attention and support and recovery and therapy um, to help someone move through that That after experiencing. Right. It can cause physical harm, emotional harm, psychological harm. It can hurt, it will harm current relationships. Um, and it can hurt future relationships as well, because these kinds of trauma don't go away without lots of work and, and, and lots of uh, building better, stronger, healthier relationships. Um, so it's really important, you know, like don't stealth people. Um, and then thinking back to the question, like somebody wanting this to happen to them, um, you're going to have to have some big conversations surrounding it. I'd also like to say that there can be significant legal consequences surrounding um, around the world and many parts of Western and Northern Europe. Um, uh, stealthing is illegal. It is considered rape. Um, in the United States, there was a bill that was suggested in 2022. I think it didn't actually make it to the floor for a vote trying to codify stealthing as a form of sexual assault. Um, only one state in the United States actually has it as illegal, and that's California. Um, actually, I think it was signed um, only a couple years ago. Um, so it's a relatively like new sort of term. It's an old practice. People have been doing stealthing for a long time, um, but it's just more recent that people are talking about it more um, and really working to, I mean, I think part of this episode is to like raise people's awareness too. Um, but uh, it can be illegal um, in many jurisdictions, um, especially in California. And we're working on the whole rest of the United States, ensuring that people don't have this done, right? It's a complete violation of bodily autonomy, a complete violation of trust, a complete violation of consent. Um, so if this has happened to you or a friend, um, there are some things that, that, that you can do, uh, you know, like make sure you get help. Uh, it's not only that physical help that I was talking about, but the emotional help that Spring was mentioning. Um, but there are some things that we can do to reduce the risk of selfing. Like, I don't want to say the word prevent, but there are things that you can do to bring that risk down. Um, and the first one is really communication, getting better at communicating your sexual needs and desires, especially your boundaries as well. Um, and having really open expectation or open communication helps with your expectations and prevents misunderstandings that can reduce the risk of somebody stealthing. Um, so that really, that sexual communication is really important. Um, and if we look societally, women are taught throughout most of their lives to not communicate their sexual boundaries or sexual needs. Um, so I think that sometimes it takes some work and some practice the kind of communication you need with partners to really make sure that your boundaries are expressed and respected. And this is to say, you know, sometimes people are very clear in their communication and this someone can still do this. You know, it's not it is not going to prevent it. Um, it could reduce the risk because um, it could be the case that somebody um, 
misinterprets, you know, your intentions or desires. Um, and, and that's where the stealthing occurred, but most likely someone is purposefully violating someone's boundaries here. So it is, again, we're saying it's not going to totally prevent it. It could in some instances help reduce the risk of it happening. Um, but you know, you can be very clear in your boundaries and somebody can still do this to you. And that is completely not your fault. And, you know, even if you have not been clear in your boundaries, it's still not your fault if somebody is doing this to you, you know, so that is, I want to be really clear about, yes, like in, in some potential circumstances, being clearer could prevent this. And no matter how clear you are or unclear you ever are, it's never your fault if this happens to you. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, people, love blame when it comes to all of different all of the different kinds of sexual assault and rape you still hear people say well what was she wearing or what was she drinking or why was she alone or why did she go home with it like there there is no there is no situation or thing that you can do that makes this okay to happen it is not your fault if this has happened um I think something that's really interesting to talk about is often if we talk to survivors of something like stealthing, they'll say like, oh, something felt off in the the relationship or something felt wrong or I didn't feel like I wanted to be there. Um, And often people have this like gut instinct sort of surrounding, you know, sex, especially with newer partners. Um, And I think it's really important to say uh, to women and men um, in, in these kind of situations, like really trust your instinct. If something feels off, Something is probably off and you probably shouldn't continue to have sex with that person Um, or talk about it as well. Like speak up and assert your boundaries if something feels off, if you're already engaging in sex with somebody else. But but your instincts are there for a reason. Um, And your brain is pretty good at reading a room or reading a sexual scenario or even reading a sexual partner and saying, you know, something feels off off. Um, And if something feels off, like really use that to your advantage and say, like, oh, hey, I need to stop for a minute. Um, I need to express my boundaries. I need to make sure that everything is okay before I continue whatever kind of sex that you're having, but really trust yourself. Um, And along with that, I think another thing that's pretty important is the way that we choose sexual partners overall and making sure that the partners that you're choosing are the kind of people that you really want to be having sex with. Um, So, what does that person look like? How did you meet them? How long have you known them? Have you talked about things like uh, sexual histories? Um, have you talked about things like STI test? It's important to have all of those sort of conversations surrounding it. Um, and once again, like all of this, you can do all of these things and you still might end up in a situation with somebody who would stealth you. Um, but these things all help bring that down quite a bit. I was sitting with a couple of my female friends and they were on Tinder um, doing their screening processes last week. And it was wild looking through the, the the things that they did to try to prevent this for themselves, just like the questions they would ask um, to try to reduce it. I mean, that's partner selection, right? And they want to make sure that they find a partner who's trustworthy. Um, but I mean, it's, it's asking those sort of questions and being open to those kind of conversations where you really talk about things that matter inside of that relationship. Um, but at the end of all of that, I, 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 at the end of the day, right, like trust is a fundamental part of relationships and consent is a fundamental part of sexual relationships. Um, and prioritizing those sort of things are important whenever you're in relationships to try to prevent issues like stealthing. But once again, like Spring said, we are, you are not at fault and we are not going, there's, there's no blame attributed to you in these situations. And, and it's like, this is, if this is one of the hardest conversations um, to have 
like in life, I think, you know, I'm thinking like how uncomfortable I feel about what we're talking about right now. So for example, what I'm, what I mean is, um, Andrew's saying like, you know, you need to like trust your partner, you know, to be so vulnerable to engage in intimate acts with them. And, you know, this does require a lot of trust and, um, it's also fun. And a lot of people really enjoy like meeting people and having sex with them really soon. And that's like a rush and it's very exciting. And, and that's also okay. And, um, how are you kind of walking that line of making sure that you trust someone and you feel safe enough to be this vulnerable and intimate with them and also managing, you know, your, desires and your hormones and the excitement and these other things that you want and that feel good and um and and knowing that no matter what happens you know if someone assaults you it is assault and and how are you kind of saying like i i want to keep things exciting and i want to feel safe and i want to try to reduce my risk and and yes i know it's still not my fault even if something happens and like all of this is a lot to hold (laughs) at one time. Right. And to say like, I, I understand all of these things and how do I then go out and put all of that into practice and manage all of the emotions and all of the understandings around this. Um, And it's, it's, it's really challenging. Like it's really challenging to also be um, so strong on yourself and to know like I'm making the decision that is right for me and I'm putting myself in the situations I want to be in. And, and then if something happens that is you did not consent to also um, knowing that it's not your fault, no matter what situation you chose to be in. Right. And, um, and then being able to seek support for that and to be, and like, and all of this requires like quite a bit of strength in your, in yourself and, and trusting yourself. And, um, and, and that's really hard and it's really hard, you know, especially the younger and less experience we have in sexual and relationship, um, dynamics. And so, um, and not that, not that people that have more experience are better at this always. <laughs> um, but over time, you know, some of those things do get easier and understanding, you know, what, in what situations you feel comfortable and safe and how to, how to set up situations that you feel comfortable and safe in. And, um, and I want to remind you all that like bringing in your support networks, your friends, your partners, your, um, people you love to support you in your relationships and your sexual relationships is very helpful. So like if um, I'm going on a date with a new person that I met on an app or that I met at a store, it doesn't matter where I've met them, you know, um, who else am I telling about it and sharing their information and sharing where I'm going to be, maybe sharing my location. Um, And and you can even talk to the person you're going on a date about that. Tell them, you know, um, I've put in all these safety things in place. So, and all of these things, again, you're not going to necessarily prevent anything from happening to you, but the more things you put in place, the more 
safe you're going to feel. And if you're telling someone that you're doing those things also, um, again, it could play a part in reducing the risk of them, you know, doing something they shouldn't if they know that you've kind of like put all this stuff in place and it's, and it's still not your fault. It's never your fault. And, and, uh, and I just want to, I want like everyone to like keep hearing that. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything that Spring's saying. Um, another way that you can sort of like work this into conversations is if you mention condoms to somebody and they're really dismissive of it, or if they, you know, oh, I don't want to use that, or oh, that doesn't feel good and I don't like it. Those are people who are more likely to engage in these kind of behaviors as well. So like just practice those sort of conversations with people along the way um, and activate support networks and model the conversations. And, you know, we have a whole bunch of episodes where we give you homework assignments. We don't call them homework assignments. We'll be like, you need to practice this. Um, so practice some of these skills. Um, but when we get back, we're going to talk about what to do if this happens to you. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we're going to be right back. Welcome back to The Sex Wrap. Today we're talking about stealthing. Um, we have a really interesting question about a fantasy where someone wants it to happen to them. But we're so far we've been talking about like the overall situation and, and what to do if you're in it. Um, so if you are in the unfortunate situation where you are stealth, then it happens to men and to women. Um, the first thing that you should probably do is activate some of those social networks that Spring was just talking about. Reach out to someone, reach out to a friend, reach out to a a trusted family member. Um, if you have a therapist already, reach out to your therapist, somebody to give you some emotional support when this happens to you right at the very beginning, because you've just been violated, you've just been betrayed. Um, you know, you were in a really vulnerable situation sharing intimacy, and all of a sudden that's taken away from you. You've lost control of that situation. Um, so reach out and make sure that you get some kind of support that you need. And then once that happens, um, that, that there's that whole medical piece, right? I was talking about some of those physical issues that can happen. Um, and, and, I, and Spring and I both know that after you've been violated, often the very last thing that you want to do is go to a doctor's office or go to a medical provider and relive that experience and talk to somebody about what just happened um, and take samples and like do those sort of things. But it's important um, to do it very soon afterwards to A, prevent pregnancy if you're worried about pregnancy uh, with something like Plan B, and B, um, make sure that you get on post-exposure prophylactic drugs to prevent something like an HIV infection. Um, because the unfortunate truth about the situation is if somebody has stealthed you, they might have stealthed or they're very likely to have stealthed somebody else before, which means they're putting themselves and other people at this kind of risk. So make sure you get that kind of medical attention to get tested and treated for STIs and then get plan B uh, in order to prevent an unwanted pregnancy. Um, so get those social networks and get some medical attention. A couple other things that you might want to do, um, like this is one time where like if you're in a relationship with somebody, like I say dump them a lot <laughs> on our show, dump them. If someone does dump this, them. right, it means that they they don't prioritize your safety. They don't care about you, right? Like someone who does stealthing, like we're going to talk about like some reasons why people might stealth in just a minute, but like they are all reasons that you probably don't want to be in a relationship with that person. And then on top of that, um, you might want to consider reporting the incident. While it might not be completely illegal everywhere, a lot of universities and schools have rules um, that can help provide some support for you, but also you know, put that person on warning, let them know that what they did was 
was a rape, was a sexual assault. Um, but when you're reporting that incident, once again, it's about what can you do to feel really comfortable and safe? Um, what can help you in your healing process uh, to get through the situation overall? Um, yeah. Anything else we want to say uh, in this before we move on, Spring? What to do if it happens? Yeah, I think talking about it um, is what I'm going to just really encourage people to do. I mean, even if you don't want to report it, at least talk to your friends about it. Even if you don't want to seek um, professional support, like the um, that's going to help you process. And so, you know, whatever ways you can talk, you can share, you can um, process, I think is going to be the most important thing. Yeah. So really prioritize your health and safety and talk and process what went on. Um, I think something really interesting to talk about is like the reasons why someone might stealth. And for me, I'm, I'm going to start out with like, like the most naive of them all, the one that I don't believe is really ever true, but could be but probably isn't. Um, and that sometimes people don't understand the seriousness of their behavior. They're in the sexual act and like, oh no, I thought it would be fine. I thought it would feel nice. I didn't realize there were all of these risks associated with unprotected sex. Uh, I didn't feel like uh, I was at risk for pregnancy. I thought she was on hormonal birth control or I thought he was already on prep and I just didn't think it was a big deal. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't keep going with that. Um, there are some people who don't understand how serious the negative consequences of stealthing are. Um, and if that is the person, you can educate them if you want, um, still dump them. Um, but there's a lot of other reasons uh, that that can happen. Sometimes people are really bad about respecting other people's boundaries or they don't really understand what consent means. Um, and if someone's not going to respect your boundaries, you don't want to be in a relationship. I mean, I don't want to be in a friendship or even like in a work relationship with somebody who doesn't respect my boundaries, let alone um, having sex with somebody. Um, and then there are a lot of other reasons why people engage in stealthing behaviors. Um, there's a lot of misogyny in society. We've talked about it in many, many episodes, what that sort of looks like. But this is another way where we can say that someone just doesn't respect you. They don't respect your bodily autonomy. They don't respect your boundaries. They don't respect consent. So all of that sort of gets wrapped up into stealthing, right? Like stealth, somebody might stealth because they're doing it on purpose, because they're being disrespectful, because they're misogynistic, because they don't care. And we really need to be thought, or we really need to be educating people about like the seriousness of the situation. Um, but there are some people who do it on purpose for power, for control, because they enjoy being in that sort of situation. Uh, um, I, I mean... And I think it's important it's, once again to say, like, like there are reasons that people do it. None of them are okay. None, none of, of them, them are forgivable. Sense. Right. Yeah, none, none of them of make them, sense. Like we can we can talk about, you know, this, but it's also like these it it doesn't really help us understand it. It's like it's someone ignoring your desires and needs. And like there's there is no excuse for that. And there's no there's no explanation that's going to make it okay. So it's like, we, we know some of the reasons people do it. And it's also like, that is not even really relevant to it because it's not okay, no matter what. Yeah. It is always a violation of consent. It is always a sexual assault. Even if someone doesn't know that, like that, that naive stance, but I don't believe in that naive stance, really. It's just what people say in the situation. All right. All right. So we know what stealthing is. We've talked about it. We've sort of talked about like the the what to do in those situations. We talked about some things that you can do personally to try to prevent yourself from getting into a situation where someone might violate 
your consent and violate your trust. Um, let, let's jump back into that question. Like, my girlfriend wants me to stealth her. All right. So like Spring said, there are, are many, many, many people who have these kind of fantasies where like they want to consensually have non-consensual sex. Um, and uh, I, I mean, when I look at this, once again, this goes back to open and honest communication with your partner um, and and talk about why you are uncomfortable with it. Um, like, let them know why you are uncomfortable being in that fantasy, why that fantasy is not sexy for you. Um, talk about why it feels uncomfortable for you and explain why you're not okay doing that behavior. And it is 100% okay to not participate in your partner's fantasies if you're not comfortable participating in their fantasies, their kinks, their whatever, right? Because that has to be consensual in a conversation between everybody. And and there are a lot of reasons that somebody would have a fantasy like this. You know, um, sometimes they might have had um, some type of sexual assault and it's helping them to regain some type of control or power to have some fantasy play out around that. Um, or sometimes they might like the idea of playing, you know, with not being in control, which this is like um, related to like some BDSM dynamics and they could could enjoy, you know, like releasing that control to someone that they actually do trust in a consensual way. And, you know, those are, those are great. And if someone like understands, you know, what their fantasy is and why they want that, and they can talk about that with you, then maybe you feel comfortable engaging in that with them. Um, and, you know, if somebody says they have a fantasy like this and they can't articulate why or what, then yeah, that to me would be like, okay, I'm definitely not <laughs> engaging in this fantasy with you. But you know, it, this is all a big conversation. Like, why, why do you want to engage in this? What is it doing for you? Um, what would it look like? And then also like, what are the safe words that we're going to put into place so that if something is feeling uncomfortable to either of us while it's happening, we, we stop, we shut it down immediately and we like um, connect and talk about what happened. And, you know, so you want to um, want to enter into these things eyes wide open, right? You want to be really um, aware of what somebody wants, why, and you both want to be on the same page with um, a safety plan for how that whole thing will go. Yeah, I mean, it's really approaching it with empathy and compassion. That's re that's really what and, and it springs 100% right, like have those conversations. I think along with those conversations in this specific situation, you need to have a secondary conversation like, is there another form of birth control? Have we both been tested? Do we know each other's status? Um, like, it's really important because someone could have this fantasy and that fantasy could end up with you becoming parents or could end up with, you know, the spread of a sexually transmittable infection. So it's really important to have that, those sort of details nailed down in this kind of situation as well. Um, we've not talked about something like baby trapping before, um, but this is the kind of thing that can end up with a, oh, well now you're a parent. Um, so just be, be really careful and have those sort of conversations um, as part of it too. Um, and I, I mean, I'm going to say it again, like if you are uncomfortable with this, even after the conversation, like, you know, I'm having it for these reasons and I'm trying to reclaim my power because something happened to me in my past. If you're still uncomfortable with it, it is OK to be uncomfortable um, and to not go through with something like 
non-consent or consensually non-consensually stealthing your partner. Um, and then for me, when I look at this, there's also the whole legal thing, right? Like it's still illegal. Um, like it can, there, there could be legal ramifications for engaging inside of this behavior as well. Um, now, if you go through and you have the conversation with your girlfriend and she says, you know, I'm doing it for these reasons and she's able to very clearly articulate it. If there's another form of birth control and you've both been tested, so you're not putting each other at risk for unwanted pregnancy or uh, sexually transmitted infections and you want to do it, right? You've done your homework. You've done those conversations. You've approached it with empathy. You've mitigated the risks. What do you do? Spring and I just sort of like looking at each other like, we can't say do it. We can't say don't do it, right? But what we can say is like, do all of the homework that you need to do to make sure that you and your partner are emotionally and physically protected. Um, and, and that's, I mean, I'm not going to say do it or don't do it. I'm going to say like, do all of that work and then reassess how you feel in the situation. Um, if your partner is still being really pushy about you doing it and you've decided not to, those are the sort of times where you look at your relationship because she wouldn't be respecting your boundaries, right? Because boundaries are really important. And these are the kind of conversations where you establish those inside of your relationship in an empathetic and compassionate way. All right. Any final words? Anything else that we need to say about it? If it happens to you, it's not your fault, right? It is a kind yeah. of sexual assault. In many parts of the world, it's considered rape. Um, it can have really long, like if you if you're considering doing it to somebody, it can have really long term negative, physical, emotional, social, intimate, like long term problems cause those for somebody. Um, and I hope today though that people have been educated about what stealthing is and why we shouldn't do it. Um, and then that whole other side about conversations about like people who want to role play non consensual sexual experience in a consensual way and how that can be really difficult to navigate for both partners. All right. Anything else, Spring? That's it. We've covered it all. Covered it all <laughs> for today. For today. For today. We have like, a, you know, three or 4,000 questions in the queue. No, but keep those questions coming. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions about this episode, any follow-up questions or anything else about relationships or sex or sexual health, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can email us. We are the sexrap at gmail.com. That's rap with a W, W-R-A-P. Um, you should check out our social, or you can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. And you should definitely check out our Instagram. We're on Instagram every single day posting sex positive stories uh, and uh, posts. So check us out. We are at the sex rap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.